0: Welcome to the Butts and Seeds Podcast, episode number 43.
1: I'm running out of ways to be excited about random numbers.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to not do the NPR intro because I listened back to an episode and I was like, wow, that is real low energy.
1: Yeah, welcome to the Butts and Seeds Podcast where we take a week by week look at the slow but inevitable downfall of WCW.
0: I ask once again, does it feel both those things? It is slow. Does it feel inevitable?
1: At this point, it doesn't feel inevitable. Like, if I was watching in real time, I would not say this is an inevitable death. It's slow and it's bad, but I would not say it was inevitable.
0: Okay, fair. Today we'll be talking about the July 19th, 1999 Monday Nitro, live from Rockford, Illinois. They went from, like, a couple Florida ones just straight to Illinois. I'm like, okay.
1: Yeah, it was a very random transition, but I can't... I've never been able to make sense of their traveling schedule.
0: I'm sure it makes sense to somebody. If we look at tours now, you'll see, like oh, it's all in this region, and then, like, oh, now there's one in, like, Canada. (laughs) Okay, well, Well, don't work your way up, just...
1: I don't think we need to put too much thought into the fact that it's in Rockford, Illinois. It's overall meaningless.
0: This is supposedly the first Nitro of, you know, the second, third, fourth, or fifth Eric Bischoff era. Did, Did this one feel different to you?
1: No, it felt entirely the same as the last few episodes. Okay, I was I was thinking about that too as we were watching that it was an Eric Bischoff era, but it didn't feel different.
0: I think there's a couple elements where I'm like, okay, there definitely was a handing off of the keys because a couple of things are like, okay, nope, that's that's not done. We're we're not doing that anymore.
1: I guess in that sense, sure. But in the previous weeks, like Kevin Nash has kind of like written off shit, like stuff that he doesn't care about. It's like, all right, don't worry about. Don't worry about the No Limit Soldiers. Fuck them. Who cares? Anyway.
0: We miss the fact of, don't worry about the White Hummer anymore.
1: Oh, true. That's gone.
0: Yeah. We we miss them. Stop mentioning it because they just stopped mentioning it. They just
1: stopped. That's what they want. They wanted us to forget about it. I
0: know. But we never forget.
1: Not in this household.
0: Hey, guys. Future Nick here. I just want to note that we recorded this episode prior to the passing of Scott Hall. So we won't really have anything to say on that until the next episode. We wanted to give him the proper respect and just felt the need to know that it will not be in this one. So enjoy the rest of this episode of the Butts and Seeds podcast. So this episode starts with a recap from last week and like, yep, tonight we're going to get Ric Flair versus Sting for control of the company. Why we didn't do this at Road Wild, I'm sure, you know, something will happen. It'll explain why. Cause sure. I feel like you could have sold some pay-per-views with that.
1: Yeah, I think you could, but you know.
0: And weirdly enough, we don't get Tony Schiavone on commentary this week. I don't know where he is, but... uh...
1: So I feel like we should just talk about this up front. We generally make a lot of comments about commentary throughout these episodes. Like if Bobby says something funny or if Tony and Bobby are going head to head and it's like distracting. I have zero to say about commentary for this episode. Because we could not hear commentary yeah, the entire Yeah, it was a very bad episode. audio mix. It was a horrible mix. This guy, Scott Hudson, is on commentary. And his mic is so down. And I, you even had the idea that maybe production did not trust Scott Hudson on commentary. So they turned the mix down and they kind of like took the focus off of commentary for the night. But they were talking. They were talking the entire time. You could just never hear a word they said. Which was in itself really annoying and really frustrating. Yeah. So I have no idea how commentary felt about literally anything in this show.
0: The only Scott Hudson commentary performance I can think of is during the invasion, WWF did like a random, oh, it's a Nitro main event. And they did Booker T versus Buff Bagwell and Buff's only WWE match.
1: And they had Scott Hudson commentary?
0: And do you know who's on commentary with him doing color? Who? Arn Anderson.
1: That doesn't make any sense. No,
0: it doesn't. <laughs>
1: should be Bobby and Tony.
0: Well, I think Bobby was gone at this point, although I I don't know what, Bobby wasn't doing anything wrestling at that time, so I guess, but when you put him on WWE TV, it just feels like more old school WWE than WCW. I guess. And I don't think they even hired Tony Schiavone, so.
1: Well, but yeah, that's all I have to say about commentary tonight. There's not much to say.
0: I think I have a random mention or two, but yeah, very non-noticeable, didn't really add anything. They do note that in the Insane Clown Posse is in the house. I'm like, okay, I just uh, guess that's happening. And
1: they also say that uh Dennis Rodman is here in passing. Like, Insane Clown Posse is here and Rodman's here. And they're like, oh, okay, that's not a big deal, I guess. I thought they were
0: hinted at like Rodman might be here. But when you say the guy might be here, he's here. He's
1: here. I've and been watching wrestling long enough to know that bullshit.
0: And tonight's main event is going to be Hulk Hogan versus Sid Vicious, which is a former WrestleMania main event. They just Oh, really? Yeah, they're just putting it on without advertising.
1: You can already hear the disdain in my voice of how I feel about that main event.
0: By the way, the match quality is about the same. I'll save it. You know I'm realizing the show was cursed. Yeah? It's being main evented by the only WrestleMania main event to end in a DQ.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
0: And in that WrestleMania match, Sid had to kick out of Hulk Hogan's leg drop because somebody missed their cue to come interfere in the match. Oh,
1: you told me the story. Who was it?
0: Papa Shango, a.k.a. The Godfather. The
1: Godfather, yes. You did tell me that story. Yes. He's
0: so late, too. It's not even like, oh, he just missed it. It's like he kicks out, and then 30, 40 seconds later, you see him run out to the ring. It's like, oh. Apparently he was like chatty with The Undertaker or <laughs>
1: something. Yeah, I, I get that. Just
0: missed the cue. I feel like I have all my Scott Hudson notes early on because he just feels a little forced. Like he's trying real hard to give production exactly what they want.
1: He wants to be rehired.
0: But he just throws to like a, an entire video package of just Ric Flair abusing power.
1: Yeah, why did we get this? I
0: don't know. I did know that it includes bits of The Insane Asylum.
1: Yeah, but not Scott Hall. No.
0: (laughs) I did note during this because they were splicing that in, it's like, isn't it nice to just write off inconsistencies as insanity?
1: I mean, yeah. It's like, you know, it was all a dream. It's the same kind of like logic. Like, none of it was real. He was insane. It was all a dream. Wake up, Nick.
0: Well, they also include a random Sting promo that had nothing to do with Ric Flair and try to completely reframe it as like it happened last week. It's like,
1: it happened in like yeah. April. Well, he's back. Did you know Sting's back?
0: He didn't he, he didn't use the line this week. Did he
1: even have a promo this week?
0: I don't think so. I don't think
1: so. he did. So he didn't even have an opportunity. I'm back. What? Well, and I'm back in black.
0: Well, I'll tell you who does have a promo is my boy <laughs> Sid because he's coming out first. And no music, just shouting at the camera.
1: <laughs> Nick literally started giggling like a child when this started.
0: He does call Hogan Mr. Hogan.
1: He's a gentleman. He was raised right.
0: He gets the crowd to chant for Hogan and then tells Hogan that he will tell Sid that Sid is the master and ruler of the world. Typical shouty stuff, nothing really of substance, but it's like, all right, later on, you know, we have this match. Woo! Woo! As much as I love Sid, I was not looking forward to that match.
1: I want to see Sid in a match that's good.
0: I don't know if there really are any.
1: I just fucking hate... I'll, I'll get to it later, but I fucking hate watching Hulk Hogan matches. I hate it with a passion. I have not watched one that I'm like, oh, I get Hulkamania.
0: Really? Not one? Really. Oh, okay. Like, I
1: want to get it, but I just don't.
0: It's really meant to be the... Cartoon superhero kind of vibe, and maybe for, I
1: need to watch more like '80s stuff.
0: Yeah, because I watch, watched a few. Just watch him but be coked out of his mind, cutting a promo.
1: But it's just standing in the ring, walking in a circle, start the grapple, don't grapple, walk away, bear hug, and that's
0: it. They did not do a bear hug in that match.
1: No, I know, but that's what his matches usually are. Anyway, we, again, we'll talk later.
0: We go from there to the Nitro girls
1: with boas. They have a prop. We love a prop.
0: I was going to say, do you have any notes on any of the Nitro Girl segments from any of these?
1: I feel like I do. I have none. Well, this one was just, I got a prop!
0: We think it fit Finley coming out to face somebody, <laughs> because it comes out and Jimmy Hart is somewhere. <laughs> just appearing on the video screen. And he tells Finley if he wants his title, he has to come to Sturgis, which is where Roe Wild is.
1: Okay, that made sense, because I had no idea what Sturgis was.
0: It's a big biker rally kind of thing.
1: Sturgis is? I thought it was a town.
0: It's both. The town is basically known for this biker rally. Okay. So Jerry Flynn is going to be Finley's opponent, and we get a big USA chant to start.
1: Which I don't get.
0: It's just fuck you, Finley, basically.
1: Oh, okay. Because usually...
0: foreigners.
1: (laughs) Usually, when there's a USA chant, we can just chalk that up to racist wrestling fans. And it's usually when it's like Canadian versus Canadian or like two people that are not American USA. Okay. So when, when this started happening, I looked at Nick and I was like, is Jerry Flynn Canadian? Like,
0: (laughs) okay. I, I I do need to correct you on something. If the heel is Canadian, they'll chant it. I just pointed out when it's two Canadians and they're chanting USA because it's so fucking stupid. Well,
1: you brought it to my attention. Yes. In those circumstances, so now I associate it with racism.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the two are unrelated. I'm saying the stupidity of doing it when the face is also Canadian is is where there's a disconnect because it's just meant to be at the heel. Okay.
1: Is that racism or is that like ethnicism? We'll just call Xenophobia it Xenophobia. Xenophobia. Sorry, not racism. Scratch that. Xenophobic. It's xenophobic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it also doesn't help that Finley's like, oh, damn. America. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that sentence. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. That's pretty much what it is. He's like, ah, oh, I hate this.
1: No, just the way you said, ah, oh, damn.
0: Flynn gains the advantage of the diving clothesline. And we get a jawbreaker from Finley. Finley then tries for the for a chair shot, but the ref stops him. God forbid the hardcore champion use a chair in his
1: match.
0: <laughs> we then get... Pre recorded Jimmy Ugh. Hart being like, I thought it was pre recorded because
1: I can't tell. I think te- it's intended to be live, but it feels pre recorded.
0: Well, it feels pre recorded because he's telling Jerry Flynn to kick out while Jerry Flynn is in a rest hold.
1: Oh, well. <laughs> but overall, the screen pops in and out throughout the match with Jimmy Hart on there, just, you know, ruined for his boy. It's terrible. It's a terrible gimmick. They've done this a couple of times now where they try to have, like, a backstage person interact with the match, and it never works. It's, it's not good.
0: I think there's just, like, a substantial delay on the monitor backstage is my guess.
1: I mean, maybe, but it just it doesn't work. Even if there is a delay. If, that's, if they are truly doing it live, it still does not work.
0: We get a Green Bay plunge from Finley, which I know has some sort of Irish name for him. But I just know it is that because it's Mr. Kennedy's finisher for a little while.
1: The Shamrock Plunge.
0: Not quite. I. It's all like the, the Blarney
1: Ken... Plunge.
0: <laughs> I can't believe they didn't do anything with like the the Giants Causeway kind of <laughs> puns, but that would be cool. I think they need to be cultured to know about that. Oh
1: yeah, the average wrestling fan does not know about the Giants Causeway.
0: So Finley runs outside to find Jimmy Hart, who is just like hiding under a tour bus.
1: Tell me this man is not a fucking cartoon.
0: I, I did Tell not me he's this. not a
1: cartoon. I love this man with my whole entire heart. Because not only is he under, so, so he's hiding from Finley. His body is entirely under the RV, but he didn't hide the trophy and he's still holding on to the trophy outside the RV. So like
0: oh, He's it, also hiding but, like, under, like under the very front under of it where he is front. the most visible.
1: <laughs> I love this man so much. <laughs> because he doesn't like he doesn't overthink anything he's gonna do. He goes with his first thought and it makes it work. I fucking love him. Do you remember when he threw the chair into the ring all those weeks ago? And he just like, bah, like with an attitude.
0: I want to remind okay. you of two things I think will make you love him even more in case you forgot.
1: I remember he's in the Legion. I remember this.
0: He's no, in the fucking No, he's in and the and dungeon. I quit. <laughs> it's not even that. I was going to say he wrote Sexy Boy.
1: Oh, I did know that. Yes. He's and
0: there. he is the high-pitched voice that goes,
1: Sexy Boy. I love this man. Is he still alive? Yes. Thank God. Protect him.
0: (laughs) So the first family suddenly beats down Finley until we just cut away.
1: Hard cut. Yeah. That was a hard cut from Finley getting beaten down to just like random conversation backstage.
0: Yeah. And I did laugh at Jerry Flynn. Like he just ran from the ring to go attack them too.
1: Did Jerry Flynn show up in the parking lot? Was he there? I don't remember seeing him in the parking lot. I, I only remembered jimmy hart being the cartoon character that he is
0: i don't know who philly's gonna face it's at, at road wild but
1: please be jimmy
0: i doubt it that'd be amazing okay it's time for some payoff because we go backstage with lenny and lodi in a meeting with, with jj dylan
1: <laughs> i deemed him jj the man's wearing glasses dylan
0: <laughs> they cut all crowd noise for this i noticed yes
1: and i wonder why
0: I wonder if that was a, uh, a post-cut st- or is that a... Uh, I'd like
1: to believe that it was starting and production was like, cut that, cut that, cut that. We're done. We're just going with room noise.
0: So J.J. Dillon tells them, like, all right, you know, you guys are going to get new contracts, but you have to do it the right way. You can't sign it. What is this whole story we've been leading up to?
1: Before we get to the payoff, they are still playing the angle of, like, yeah, we signed it like that, but we know we're not the only ones in WCW. And even JJ Dillon's like, I know you're not the only one in WCW, but you're the only ones that did it wrong. You're the only ones that went about it the wrong way, whatever. It's like, God, oh, but it's just us, man. Like we're us. Like what we're supposed to it was very queer baiting, I think, is the term. But the payoff, which I am ninety percent sure that I called at the beginning of this when you're like, oh, they're going for a gay thing, but they're clearly not gay. They're brothers. They're brothers.
0: Yeah, and so they signed the contracts, and Lodi's like, oh, yeah, you know, sign your name, like like your real last name or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so he's not Lodi Lane.
1: Um well, Lodi never went by Lodi Lane.
0: But I'm saying, if they're brothers, technically he would be Lodi Lane.
1: Sure, but his in-ring name doesn't have to be Lodi Lane. It's just Lodi.
0: I don't know, but they have new contracts. I don't know what the point of that was.
1: To get them to stop screaming the F-slur.
0: I'm just saying in terms of the the story. I don't know what the point of oh, the story yeah. was. I
1: don't know. That might have been Eric Bischoff being like, these guys are getting too much Epsler heat. Make it stop.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they were worried about that in 99, babe.
1: That's fair. Eric Bischoff absolutely wasn't worried about that.
0: Let's just move on from that. Cause but this... they're
1: brothers. I think I called it. I'm like 90% sure I, I called it. I feel like you
0: did because I remember saying like they're like like Canadian or some shit. Yeah. Moving on, we get Mean Gene in the Ring, and he brings out Hollywood Hulk Hogan Woo. coming out to the NWO theme on Peacock. And, but Voodoo Child in real life. Well, it's not this one. It's for the main event where you Scott Hudson literally says, Ah, oh, we hear the familiar strings of Voodoo Child.
1: I had that note, too. I'm
0: like, uh, okay, confirmed. It's Okay, dumb.
1: so we know that y'all dubbed this for sure if there was ever a question which there's not because we have the original recordings
0: so gene refers to him as basically a hometown hero and i'm just yeah, like
1: he referred to this as his homecoming in rockford illinois for hulk hogan i combed through that man's wikipedia he has never lived in illinois
0: the closest i could think of is when he was working in the awa it was like a you know a North, it's Midwest. like the Midwest, yeah, yeah, it's like kind of that but isn't area. Is that out of like Minnesota? It's yeah, it is more out of Minnesota. That's why I'm like, I, uh,
1: I don't understand how this is a homecoming. I don't know, but they really sold us that. He got a pop as if it was a homecoming. These people, well, it love, was, like, it was a
0: well, I mean, the, when he was, first came out, it was a fake no, no, pop. no,
1: but like during the promo, but these people love Hulk Hogan
0: for some reason. Hogan hands his belt to Gene, and I just see the belt on Gene's shoulder, I'm like, book it. Hogan says that Hollywood Mania is running wild Oh, that does not flow Hogan credits the fans for basically his reason to turn face He welcomes the challenge of Sid tonight I'm like, yep, WrestleMania 8 main event No no notice
1: No What year was WrestleMania 8? Uh,
0: 92
1: So it was only a few years ago, really
0: I mean, in modern day Actually, that's a bad comparison to say. In modern day, WrestleMania, we're nearing WrestleMania 38 and WrestleMania 31 was main evented by Check's Notes, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar.
1: <laughs> God damn it. Oh,
0: God. I am... Oh,
1: tangent. I'm so fucking sick of Brock Lesnar, man. I'm so sick of him. I'm done with him. I want to cut his fucking ponytail off. I'm so fucking sick of, Bo- of Brock Lesnar.
0: You almost called him Bork Lesnar. <laughs> It doesn't help that he we're so still very silly watching SmackDown where he is the focal point of the show.
1: I never want to see this bright red tomato man on my fucking television again. And he's always there. I'm done with him. I'm so sick of him. Ugh. One more person tells me that his performance in that fucking Royal Rumble was amazing and, amazing like, great and, you know, legendary. I'm going to okay, kick we, him in the face. We do, need,
0: we do need to know that you're talking about the 2020 Rumble, not the 2022 yes. Rumble, where like everyone agrees, <sighs> what the fuck? I'm so sick of this man! I don't even know who would be the, be the other part of it, but... I'm just picturing the uh, Eric Andre show meme of Brock Lesnar winning the rumble. How could Shane McMahon do this?
1: (laughs) Oh my god, nightmare match. Brock Lesnar versus Hulk Hogan.
0: Oh, we saw that on SmackDown. Of
1: course we fucking did. When?
0: uh, Mid-2002, Brock fucking murdered Hogan (sighs) and wiped Hogan's blood all over his body. Oh
1: shit, I don't remember that. We were watching that so slowly. We really got to kick back up on that. I thought
0: you were saying Nightmare Match, Brock versus Shane, which almost happened. Oh no, that'd
1: be a dream match. Would it? I kind of think so. I think that that would at least have some energy behind it.
0: Oh God. No, No, it it didn't happen because they teased it and no one wanted it.
1: No, in my head, Nightmare Matches are matches where nothing happens, i.e. our fucking main event tonight. When I'm just sitting there waiting for them to start wrestling or to literally do anything, that's a nightmare match to me. And Brock Lesnar does that. Hulk Hogan does that. The big boys do that. I can't do it. I'm sick of it. I hate it. I hate it.
0: It's the worst part of wrestling. Do you remember us watching the WrestleMania 20 match of Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar where they're both (sighs) leaving?
1: Yeah, and that pissed me off. Like, I got it. I understood it, so I kind of respected it, but it pissed me off. You got (laughs) it. Well, because they were both leaving, and they were like, "What are they gonna do? Fire us? Fuck it, we're gonna just fuck around in the ring." I don't
0: respect that. I get it. I lost where we were. Um, uh, (laughs) Hogan, oh, Hogan has his eyes on Road Wild and Kevin Nash, and it's pretty much just a hype segment. Not too much a note. I'm like, this is one that definitely could have been backstage if if WWE did more of those. Yeah. And then after the promo. Hogan just talks more to the camera. I'm like, this was your promo. There was nothing else going on. Just hit your fucking points in the promo.
1: Oh my God. That was infuriating. Like, if you have more to say, you were literally on a mic 10 seconds ago. Continue. Ugh, yeah. I fucking
0: hate Hulk Hogan. We then get a hotline plug. Both numbers are being blurred now.
1: I think it has been like that for the last few plugs of the hotline. So I think moving forward, it will be both.
0: They then plug a Sting versus Flare package, which only dates back a few months ago, as opposed to 10 plus years ago. <laughs> so let's progress the Lenny and Lodi storyline, I guess. I, if we must. And they're facing Norman Smiley. Sorry, who? Sorry, Norman Smiley.
1: There you go, thank you. Yeah, why? We haven't seen Norman in so long. Yeah, he's back. And he's back in black? now. No. no. <laughs>
0: When Lenny and Lodi come out, Lenny comes out notably first. So I'm like, okay, well, he's going to wrestle. They're like, nope.
1: No, Lodi's wrestling.
0: Norman comes out and actually gets a decent-sized pop.
1: I'm wondering if it's just the, oh my god, it's someone different pop.
0: This is actually a good crowd. Probably better than the show deserved. Definitely. I think they restrained themselves for the most part. But I was really ready for a big wiggle gay moment.
1: There was a little bit at the very end. It wasn't gay, but at the very end of this match, Lenny and Lodi are in the ring and wiggle at each other, which gives well, away nothing for them.
0: No, the I, but I was ready for Norman to do it, and then Lodi's like, ooh, I like it, and then Norman's like, ew!
1: Okay, yeah, that would have been pretty on brand.
0: That, yeah, that's what I was expecting.
1: See, now it's just weird that Lenny and Lodi are brothers, because their relationship is still so intimate and kind of erotic... So, it's just uncomfortable now.
0: Ah, you know what it was? Their their last name isn't Lane, it's Lannister.
1: Oh, duh. (laughs) That's
0: canon now, by the way.
1: (laughs) Lenny and Lodi Lannister.
0: Match is going, and Norman actually looks pretty impressive to start, I noted.
1: He's really not bad.
0: He does the big wiggle and is distracted by Lenny, so Lodi blindsides him. We get a random three amigos by Lodi. I'm like, okay. Back and forth submission counters until just like a technical roll-up from from Smiley gets the win. And I'm like,
1: okay. Better than I thought it'd be, but... That is one of two clean finishes that we will get tonight. Norman and Lodi get one of two clean finishes that we get in this entire show. Let that sink in. Yeah. After the bell rings and everything, Norman, I think, leaves the ring. But Lenny and Lodi stay in and they're doing the big wiggle together like in the center of the ring. Which that's when I was like, this is weird.
0: Oh, I think I checked out by that point.
1: It well, most people had. Those like when they were panning away, I just saw the two of them in the ring doing the wiggle. It's weird. They're yeah. brothers. It's so erotic and like, ugh, I don't know. I have nothing wrong with gay relationships. I have things wrong with um incest. Incestuous relationships. Yeah.
0: I don't know, and it's not even Vince McMahon doing it, which is a rarity. <laughs> no, I think there are two notable near incest stories in WWE. I'm
1: sure it's both with Stephanie, right?
0: No, only one's oh. with Stephanie. He
1: does love to book his...
0: Well, originally, Vince wanted to have it be that... I I think it both were pitched that either Vince or Shane was going to be the father of Stephanie's child. Ew. And the other one is in like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. They re-debuted a character who previously had a pirate gimmick, and it was him and his sister, and they were just like very close. Ew. It's like you know every big brother loves his sister. Stop! I would do anything. Stop for her.
1: talking. <laughs> Ew, ugh! I'll just give me the heebie-jeebies.
0: I was going to say, speaking of the heebie-jeebies, but Eric Bischoff doesn't deserve <laughs> an incest transition.
1: Ugh, no, he does not.
0: But he's on commentary for Sting versus Flair, which is up next after another video package. And yeah, it's now Sting versus Ric Flair for control of WCW. Like, you know, High 40, fucking 45 minutes into the show. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a non-finish.
1: Honestly, with the way that it ended last week with David, yeah, me too.
0: Well, I thought the fact that this could have been the main event. It and it's should just have been like... the main
1: event. And the fact that it's in the middle of the show was weird.
0: So Flair has Arn and Asia with him. And I'm like, this feels like an all-hands-on-deck situation. Like, you should have Piper. You should have...
1: Oh, yeah, Roddy Piper's not in the show.
0: Yeah, you should have David Flair and Tori. You should have the triad come out. You're still the president. What the fuck are you doing, dude?
1: When you say it like that, yeah. This is Eric Bishop being like, we're done with the storyline.
0: Charles Robinson's the ref. Fuckery? Yeah. The, Maybe? The crowd's into this, but it just, presentation-wise, does not feel like a big deal.
1: Not really. Because it's the, what, third match in the show, and it comes after Lodi versus Norman. Like, it's it's not in a great spot in the lineup.
0: Almost immediately, we get a scorpion death drop to Charles Robinson. It's like, yep, Mickey J is now the ref.
1: Yeah, so that storyline is done now.
0: We get a big press drop to Flare and Sting is fully in control including a 10-punch spot and a drop kick. We get a very sloppily hidden low blow from Flare. Like I yes. appreciate that he does try to usually hide it but this one was like mm, yeah. he what he definitely saw it. There's a lot of standard Sting and Flare action from this which is I liked is, it though. Oh, oh, I yeah. wasn't mad about it. Oh yeah, It's just one of those like you know it it's Sting and Flare you you're going to get what you're going to get which is yeah. good.
1: Yeah. It's standard, but it's, like, a good standard. Like, there's a reason they haven't changed Coca-Cola's recipe in so long, because it's just good.
0: Oh, I was going to say, take a Wendy's Spiced Chicken sandwich. Yeah,
1: same idea. It's just good. Like, this one, I didn't take a ton of notes on the first half because I was just watching the match. And that's always a good sign for me. If I am enthralled in the match and I'm not writing anything down about it, then I'm like, oh, this was a good match. It was fun. It was high energy. I love a high energy match.
0: We get a flare turnbuckle spot, and I was really ready for you to be mad about it again this week.
1: This one made sense. This one made sense because he actually got whipped into the turnbuckle, and it kind of trajectorily made sense for him to fall into the turnbuckle like that. Last week did not make sense because he staggered into the turnbuckle and flopped himself entirely upside down with no momentum. That's why it drove me crazy.
0: See every now and again, I'm still unsure about that because every now and again, you are supremely confident in things that just didn't happen the way you remember. Like, I'll go br- back I'll and watch it because I know bring it that up happened. Once in passing, the main event of last week was not a no DQ match.
1: I have a vivid, vivid. I memory. went back and listened I know you to did. it and
0: excruciating I had to watch that match again. Just to make sure. It
1: was at the very beginning when they were walking out. Tony fucking nope. Shivani he says, he this d- is a no DQ
0: match. He doesn't. Yes, he does. He doesn't because they talk about Hogan. They talk about Savage trying to get DQ'd. Are you telling me it's uncommon for commentary to not know what
1: the fuck's going on? It's unrelated.
0: <laughs> then again, maybe fucking Dave Panther said it and we didn't just like.
1: <sighs> no, no, it was definitely one of the commentary guys. Like a thousand percent I'm sure of this. I'm also a thousand percent sure of this turnbuckle spot. Okay. I I don't know for sure. So
0: what you're saying is you're considering you're wrong on the one, you're wrong on the one. So what
1: I will, you know, step back on I don't know for sure that Sting did not Irish whip flair. I do know for sure that the momentum was low enough that there is no reason for him to have flopped into the ring the way he did.
0: Was it even Sting who Irish whipped him last week? Maybe I not Sting, but whoever it was. Oh, you it was said Dean.
1: Dean. You said Sorry, whoever does was that Ric Flair was all match. over that fucking match. You said whenever Flair does that move into the turnbuckle, it's after an Irish whip. I don't remember for sure if Dean Irish whipped him. I just know there was no momentum and it made no sense for him to flop like that. Fair. I will stand there.
0: <laughs> I mean... I feel like at this point, your argument is more that, you know, physics-wise, it makes no sense for Ric Flair to do that.
1: Yes! But this one, I can believe it. In this match against Sting, I can believe it. Against Dean last week, I don't believe it. Okay,
0: I was with you until you entirely undercut your point, but...
1: Because this one the momentum! There was momentum behind this whip! I'm
0: not wrong! I'm not saying the wrong thing. He still gets thrown and then has to t- t- spin in the corner. It still makes no sense physics-wise. It's just showing... However,
1: she- comma... He sold this one in a way where maybe he tripped. (laughs) This one made more sense to me. In my brain, this turnbuckle spot made more sense (laughs) physics-wise. Nick hates me.
0: Sting gets thrown into the turnbuckle, but it's immediately back on offense. (laughs) We get a big super flex from Sting and from the floor. Arn pulls the referee out mid-count and clocks him. So Sting just clocks Arn, and suddenly Sid Vicious is here and just hits Sting. They treat this hit to Sting like a fucking gunshot. Yes. It's like, oh my god, how could he? It's like you know, he like punched him or hit a clothesline. It's yeah. Like, like, it
1: was nothing. It was. Not didn't hit movie. a powerbomb.
0: Didn't hit a choke slam. Nothing. It's like, to I, the point I, where
1: I didn't even take a note of that. I took note of Asia.
0: We got big sting chance and I'm like, yeah, this crowd is fucking hot tonight. They really are. Flair stomps Sting repeatedly and locks in the figure four. Sting kicks out of the pin, kinda like there was a weird spot when they do that. Like in the figure four, like you're down.
1: How do you kick out of the figure four is a thing? Well, like you can t- tower your shoulder up,
0: but- Well, tidily speaking, when you're it happens with with him occasionally where if your shoulders are down, it doesn't really matter how the person has you is like the as only as, like they're touching you like that can be oh a
1: yeah but it's so, just a kick out when he has your legs all tur- all pretzled up like kicking okay it, it's a figure i speech, know ma'am. but the actual kicking can't happen
0: singer versus the figure four and the crowd is going nuclear at this point mm-hmm. Flair tries to work over sting but like using earthquake on a charizard it has God no effect
1: damn it nicholas <laughs>
0: Flair tries to go up top, but he gets countered, and Sting picks up the tempo until Rick pulls the referee in the way. Sting knocks Arn off the apron, and Stinger splashes Asia for no real reason.
1: No. These poor refs are just getting manhandled tonight.
0: Yeah, ref gets bumped, and Sting locks in the Scorpion Deathlock. Eric Bischoff then comes in the ring and calls for the submission, which does take a while for the bell to ring. It's like, Flair's giving up, and he's like, yep, call it. Okay, call call it." it.
1: Hey, call the fucking ring. Like, it's
0: like, compare this to the Montreal Screwjob where the hold's barely even in. It's like, ring the fucking bell. Ring the fucking bell. That shit rings. Here it's like, okay, he's given up like a, a minute and a half ago. Like, okay, you know, can we, can we ring the bell? So Sting wins, but then Sid comes in and power bombs Eric Bischoff. Hulk Hogan comes down and chases off Sid.
1: Hero Hulk Hogan comes to defend his honor.
0: And lost in all this is that Sting is now running WCW.
1: Yeah, it's not really... A big point. Like, yeah. no one really talks about it. It's not a big deal. Like,
0: I kind of assume he's going to, like, hand off power to Bischoff or J.J. Dillon or something. Because I just can't picture Sting running the company. No, I
1: it's don't just, feel like he just, would want it's to. It's just
0: weird for his character. Yeah. But this was a good match.
1: Oh, I really enjoyed this match. Yeah,
0: it, it's Sting and Flair. Yeah. I mean,
1: like, this is a contender for best match of the night.
0: I do wonder if there's going to be a rematch at Road Wild, considering it's... Eric Bischoff, who called for the pin. And technically speaking, it's like, okay, what power do you have? Right,
1: Uh, that's what I was thinking too. Although
0: Kidman winning the other week stood, so I guess there's precedent.
1: I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to tell. They could twist this if they wanted to.
0: I think Flair will be out of power, but we'll get a rematch for power.
1: Do you think he'll win that match? No. Okay. Excellent match. Fucky finish. Confusing finish.
0: Moving on... Someone in the crowd is woofing for the entrance (laughs) of Rick Steiner. It's like really loud, like directly into the mic.
1: To the point where I thought it was Bobby Heenan at first.
0: It is Rick Steiner versus Horace Hogan.
1: And we honestly had to wait to see who came out from backstage because it was just the NWO music playing. So we're like, who the hell could this be? Vincent? Like Stevie Ray? Oh, no, it's Horace. Sure.
0: (laughs) Quick, who are the other two?
1: Brian Adams. And I don't even remember. Fuck. Hold on. <laughs> I don't think he's here tonight. For what it's worth. Is it the guy that we just watched?
0: What do you mean, what do you mean just watched?
1: On TV.
0: No. Oh. No, you're thinking of Bill DeMott, aka Hugh Morris. Well, I can never. No, that. Emily, we're talking about the guy who you literally always forget. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Norton. <laughs>
1: Scott Norton was there.
0: He's not there, but that's... Oh, that doesn't count then! No, my point being, I said name the members of the B-team and you once again cannot think of Scott I named Norton.
1: the three that were there. Stevie Ray, Vincent, and Brian Adams were there.
0: And Horace. And Horace, yeah. So, I thought this match was weird because isn't Rick kind of Wolfpack adjacent? Cause
1: I have no idea. He did
0: come out of the Wolfpack theme like once, once or twice. Does the
1: Wolfpack even exist anymore?
0: I don't know. This is an ongoing issue if we don't know what the fuck exists and what doesn't. The music, once again, kind of drowns out commentary, so nothing that we're really hearing here. Rick works over Horace dominantly, and there's nothing bad about this. It's just not interesting.
1: No, it's very boring.
0: Horace distracts the ref for sneaky chair shots. He tosses Rick in the ring, and then suddenly, Kevin Nash appears. Because
1: of course he does.
0: And I was so confused with this until they're like, oh yeah... You know it's Horace Hogan, so he's related to Hulk Hogan, and they at the match. Apparently, Kevin Nash is just now a heel.
1: Oh, Kevin Nash is feuding with Hulk Hogan, so of course he would go after his dead brother's son.
0: But later on, he's like in full heel mode. I'm like, oh, oh, when when did this happen? Kevin
1: Nash has been a heel for a while.
0: No, he's been the face champion.
1: He's a heel in my heart.
0: Well, yeah, that's unrelated. <laughs> he's been like the top face of the show.
1: Not in my heart.
0: So, Rick gets the pin and Nash fist bumps him. Hulk Hogan comes out and is basically like, yo, what the fuck, bro?
1: That's my dead brother's son, brother.
0: Nash's line is, looks like I lied. Apparently, this is business and real personal.
1: Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, because that didn't make any sense. So, Hogan was like, this was all business. This was strictly business, man, but you just made it personal. And then Nash like, yeah, I lied. This is business, but it's really personal so it's both how what how can it be both it can be both or
0: or it was about business and now it's personal aka every triple h feud ever if
1: if that is what kevin nash said fine he said it was both
0: we get the nitro girls again after this
1: once again working off of one rehearsal
0: and then psychosis versus eddie guerrero hell yeah i'm into this
1: hell yeah and Eddie comes out looking so good.
0: How do you not push Eddie Guerrero? Ugh,
1: what a star that man is.
0: Eddie's is also vicious at the start of this match and like, I like this new wrinkle. That's oh, amazing. They do still give Psychosis some counter action including a diving spinning heel kick. Psychosis hits a super frankensider and goes for tornado DDT but it gets countered back and forth until we get like a helicopter neckbreaker from Eddie. He then hits a frog splash and gets the pin i might I breezed through this a bit, I mean, yeah,
1: it but, was fast paced, it was beautiful. There it was were some a bit short, but probably here. a
0: little longer than I made it sound.
1: Psychosis does this like leg launch thing of Eddie I can't I don't even know what else to call it. Do you even know what I'm talking about?
0: Not really based on how you're describing it i I
1: can I think it was like Eddie jumping on top of psychosis and he like psychosis gets legs up and like launches him like that's all I
0: can oh like a monkey flip
1: I don't know. Don't come at me with those technical terms. <laughs> it was just beautiful. But then at the end of this match, two other luchadors come down and just start beating No, it's more down. than that. It's just, no, yeah. It
0: only two. I thought, I thought it was more than that. But yeah, it, it's former LWO members run in and beat down Eddie until Rey Mysterio comes out and makes Who the Who is that
1: jumping out the sky?
0: They shake hands and just clear the heels from the ring.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, that is clean finish number two and the final clean finish of the night.
0: I, I didn't come up with anything. I just have in in all caps, insert Dominic joke. <laughs> I don't Whoa. have anything. I'm really trying to think of anything. Nah.
1: But yeah, that was also a contender for my match of the night. I love, I freaking love cruiserweight, Lucha, Lucha Libre matches. They're fast paced. They're technical. They're so fun.
0: It doesn't make a ton of sense that Ray and Eddie are now aligned.
1: Story wise, no. It really doesn't. But they're buddies.
0: Yeah, because last, we kind of saw Eddie regularly on television. He and Ray were feuding, and Ray was wearing the men's Triple XL LWO shirt. That's
1: not the last time we saw them together, is
0: it? Thereabouts, because Eddie very quickly vanished off TV.
1: That long ago. Yeah, it was. He was still masked. Yeah. My God.
0: You know what it is? Eddie doesn't recognize him.
1: (laughs) He thinks it's just some new kid. It's like, hey, thanks, dude. Hey, thanks, bud. Oh, my God. Wow, that's so long ago. Yeah, because...
0: I mean, I guess this is the follow-up of when the LWO joined WCW. Ray was like, nah, man. But then also didn't join the NWO, so I don't know what the point was. He was was
1: just a a non-WO member.
0: So I'm not sure what to make of this in terms of are they going to be aligned? Are they not? I mean... Ray is still aligned with Conan, kind of with Kidman. I'm not sure what to make of this yet.
1: Yet. I hope they do. I do hope they team up because I'm kind of done with Ray and Conan.
0: Moving on, we get Stevie Ray complaining to the B-team about DDP. And Adams just boringly asks him about Harlem Heat. Like, they're not into this. He's like, okay, cool. We're about to lose all, all of our TV time. Great.
1: Yeah. I mean, what's the point of them even being here?
0: Vincent Bryan Adams tells Steve Ray that they they have his back. Narrator: They didn't. They did not. The Jersey Triad come out, and I have to give WCW credit. The tag titles fe- do feel important. I think because DDP is holding them. Yeah. They've like done a good job building him up. They really have. Maybe not as like top top tier talent, but
1: give it two years. I'm sure that WWE will do really well with him.
0: So they come out, and DDP calls for a three-shot, you know, like, camera-wise.
1: Yeah, he's, like, calling the the production direction. I See, love him.
0: You know what it is? He usually writes out his matches. Now he's going to start adding other elements, <laughs> like, our production elements. He's a director. Apparently, Stevie Ray ate from Jersey.
1: Oh, my God. This came out of fucking nowhere. They start calling out Stevie Ray or whatever, just cutting a promo on him. And Bam Bam Bigelow just goes, Stevie Ray? He ain't from Jersey. <laughs>
0: We then get Yo, Yeah, we get Yo Mama jokes from Kenya.
1: Oh.
0: And I don't remember who says it, but they basically do the thing I've been joking about for months. We're going to be on you like neck bone.
1: Okay, so I did research.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Because I've been so confused if this is like a term that we were not aware of because we were not, you know, in pop culture in 1999 as five-year-olds. So I looked it up.
0: Okay, what do you got?
1: I'm pretty sure this is a misquote. Oh, because the only thing that I can find from both Urban Dictionary and Booker T's Twitter itself, because <laughs> it's not the quote is not it's on like neck bone. The saying is it's on like a pot of neck bones.
0: I'm sorry, what?
1: <laughs> when something starts to happen or something begins happening it's like oh, hold on I, it's it's urban dictionary this is hard to read it's it's referring to how chicken neck bones are cooked are prepared like it when it starts when it's going it's going you put the pot of neck bones on it's on it's on like neck bones i think that's what they're going for but the saying it's on like a pot of ne- neck bones and then okay, so that's, I, that's the I, urban dictionary I, I, will be, I will
0: be honest i was losing the chicken aspect of this because i'm just picturing like a pot of human neck bones And I'm like what
1: the fuck No it's bird <laughs> neck bones Turkey, chicken, what have you So again I just I just Googled this term And then one of the first things that comes up Is Booker T's Twitter And I'm like perfect he's gonna have it Because Booker T is the one that said this the first time He tweeted in what 2015 It's gonna be on like a steaming pot of neck bones
0: Oh like a pot Okay.
1: Like a pot of neck bones So I think he's just been saying it wrong for years, and he's finally saying it right now because there is no reference. If you Google it's on like neckbone, that's not a thing. On like a pot of neck bones is. So he's just fucking stupid, and it's just continued on throughout the company, I guess. So now DDP is saying it wrong. It's not a thing. <laughs> Booker T himself. It's not a thing. Okay. <laughs> so I don't feel stupid for not understanding it because it's not a thing the end end of my research that's also the only note i have from this match
0: well the match itself is stevie ray versus canyon stevie overpowers canyon to start and i'm just really waiting for the triad to interfere so booker t can come out canyon hits a rope leg drop only gets two he then goes up top misses a splash stevie fights off triad interference hits the slapjack which is basically the pedigree but the triad break up the pin like, they bring it up late, too. Like yeah. It was...
1: That could have been a three.
0: Yeah. They work over Stevie until Booker makes the save. Looking like a hunk.
1: Oh, absolutely. It looks like a hunk.
0: Your boy was looking good. He did look good. Okay, we're now about to enter a very weird ten minutes. We start with a Macho Man Randy Savage entrance video. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I guess no thoughts on losing the title. Like, he really is just over that
1: guess, yeah. Now it's all about revenge.
0: And on commentary, we suddenly have a guest. We have Scott Hudson and Bobby Heenan welcome Arliss to commentary. It's like, I'm bringing WCW to HBO.
1: Yeah. So I also did research on who this guy is.
0: Yes, because the it's the actor Robert Wool.
1: But he's in character. There's a show that aired on HBO in the 90s called Arliss, and the two S's at the end are dollar signs. I was going to say, we need yes. to note that. They're dollar signs. And it's Robert Wool, Sandra O. Oh, it would like, seemed to like be a pretty big show. And this guy, Robert Wool, is in character as Arliss on the show because WCW is going to be featured on the upcoming episode of Arliss. I
0: would say if you don't know who Robert Wool is, look him up. You probably recognize him from something.
1: Yeah, once I saw his face, I recognized him. I don't yeah. know really what, but like, exactly. he's just kind of been around, you know? So. Yeah, he's just kind of there promoting Arliss. Because also, this is, you know, nineteen ninety nineteen ninety nine. 1999. I don't feel like a lot of people have HBO subscriptions, right?
0: But yeah, he is in full character.
1: Yeah, he's in like a white suit, yes. weird glasses. The character itself
0: is a uh, sports agent, which will factor into this.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
0: So Randy Savage then comes out with Gorgeous George and Miss Madness. No Medusa.
1: Yeah, no Medusa, at least not off the bat.
0: And Gorgeous George comes out in this mainly orange attire with some spots of blue and purple. And I guess I guess George has taken over our game of Who's that Pokemon?
1: So I didn't necessarily focus on the colors of the spots on her. I mostly focused on the fact that there were spots and the orange gold color.
0: Yeah, I know mine's also a bit of a stretch, so... Do you
1: want to go first? (laughs) Do you want me to go first? Sure. So, I feel like you're not going to agree with this. But once we agreed that the color was more orange than gold, I think that this is correct. She is combi.
0: Combi?
1: Because there are multiple sets of eyes on a combi, which could be the spots on her. The body is mostly orange and yellow. She's combi.
0: I didn't end up happy with with my first pick, so I just did a little more research and picked a second one. Okay. I originally said Archaeops.
1: Which is like the legendary fossil. Yeah. It's got, it was like very blue.
0: It has a bit of blue. It, it has a decent bit of blue in it. It's just a matter of... There's technically no orange Pokemon. They're either red or they're yellow. Yes. I managed to, dumb luck, find a shiny Crawdon.
1: Crawdon. Interesting.
0: Yep. Which is... The shiny version is orange and has, like, a purple kind of thing across its chest, so it works better.
1: It does work better, and its eyes are more prominent, so that could be the spots. And I like the star on his head. That works. I guess that could work, but I think mine's better.
0: Well, the, the star on its head is because George is a star. What a star. What a star. Yeah, orange ones are hard to do. Maybe we need to take note of that going forward.
1: Well, that's kind of why I locked in. Once we agreed that it was more orange than gold, that's why I locked in on Combi. Because, like, oh, the coloring's perfect.
0: So, as Savage is coming out, there's just random Dennis Rodman chat on commentary.
1: From what you can gather. You can't hear shit.
0: Savage has a mic and says he's a candidate for president of the United States. Which, what? (laughs) I thought that was Hulk Hogan, but go off.
1: Also, I thought we dropped that.
0: (laughs) And, Emily, who does Randy Savage suddenly call out?
1: I was so caught off guard by this. I think you were, too. Yes. Randy Savage... Calls out Billy Kidman. I don't get it. I, don't, I mean, I'm not mad. I'm happy that Billy's getting a push. I think Billy's a better wrestler than Randy Savage.
0: At this point in time, yes.
1: But it doesn't make any sense. My little note is like, good for Billy, I guess, but why?
0: It's like, oh, it's just a match. I'm like, why?
1: There's no reason.
0: Savage works over Kidman to start. I'm like, it's a bit to be expected, considering yeah, how they're presented. Kidman starts an offense with a counter head scissors, and Savage tries to regroup via a chair.
1: <laughs> Just That sentence is funny.
0: Savage tries to use George's shield, so Kidman stops, and Savage gets the advantage with the help of Molly. Kidman counters a scoop slam into an inside cradle, but Savage kicks out. On the heel side, it's the one thing they didn't want to happen is Kidman ducks a diving dropkick from Molly. Oh no. Savage gets Kidman in a pile driver position, which we were ready f- to be a power bomb and have him counter it, but like, nope, pile driver. Yeah, no. We then get a diving elbow from Savage, and like one, two, oh no, gone school.
1: Going school, but.
0: He then attacks the ref. Another diving elbow, and this prompts Dennis Rodman to come out.
1: Okay, before we get into the annoyance that is Dennis Rodman, because I okay. don't like him. Okay. There is a point in this match, I don't remember, this was a clusterfuck of a match, I was still just confused that Billy Kidman was here. There's a point where Randy Savage gets Billy Kidman into like a um like a choking sort of position and just using the power of being Randy Savage, he summons two Jumbo Slim Jims out of fucking nowhere. I'm sorry, and what? And chokes him with
0: them. I'm sorry, what? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Did you miss the Slim Jims? Wasn't I watching a different match? What the fuck? He gets him like it's on the outside. Randy just appears with two jump like long slim jibs and just starts choking Billy with them. I lose my mind because of course, oh yeah, something with slim jib. No, he's D-. like
0: he's like Toby Maguire Spider Man where he just he just comes out of the wrist. Oh my God! Do you have blockage? Bone saws ready.
1: <laughs> oh my God! He was not Spider Man. Wow! What a tie-in.
0: So, Dennis Rodman is here, looking like a, a midpoint between Ernest the Cat Miller and Hulk Hogan. I was
1: almost thinking we should have, who's that Pokemon Dennis Rodman.
0: He's the entire Kanto decks.
1: <laughs> it's a look. I don't like it, but it's a look.
0: So, Rodman comes in and blindsides Savage with a purse, it looks like.
1: It's a satchel.
0: So, Arliss then runs in. And Rodman ignores him, and Mean Gene tries to come, come in to interview everybody, and Rodman just doesn't say anything.
1: No. Why is he here? Who invited him?
0: So Savage tries to fight Rodman, but is held back, and Arliss is like, okay, uh, yeah." at the pay-per-view, it's going to be Randy Savage versus Dennis Rodman.
1: Which, once again, I ask, why was Billy Kidman here? I don't know. Is he just... I don't know. Is he just a casualty of this war?
0: Yep. So once the match is made, Rodman says, ooh, yeah.
1: Oh, and then Medusa and Molly start fighting. Because, by the way, Medusa's here now, too.
0: Yeah, Medusa's suddenly here, brawls with Molly, and Molly is feisty.
1: She is. But, like, why are they fighting in this moment? This is not the... This is the least opportune moment for these two to start fighting.
0: Yeah. And it's like, is Medusa with Rodman or just picked her spot now or...
1: I don't really know where Medusa stands. I just know that she and Molly don't get along because of, what, last week? Or was that the pay-per-view? Yeah, last week. Okay. I I was so confused at what was happening the entire segment. Yeah,
0: And then Dennis Rodman goes to the back as security is breaking up the the cat fight.
1: The Ernest and Cat Miller fight?
0: I I, I wrote a phrase I use quite often. It's all a mess until it just ends.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It just fades to commercial and then it's done.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're going to see Kidman versus Savage again, I think.
1: I think they just picked a random guy from backstage to have a match. I think they wanted Kim to give didn't him do a did little... do any of his moves either.
0: I think they wanted to give him a little bit of a rub by putting him in there. Maybe. But it, it, it did not succeed.
1: No. It just didn't make any sense. He didn't do his face buster. He didn't do the shooting star press, which honestly, after last week, maybe that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, but people don't really kick out of the shooting star press, so it's basically if he does it... Either misses or he wins.
1: Yeah. Anyway.
0: Moving on, we get a clip from the DQ finish of last week's Conan versus Vampiro match, which prompts basically a rematch. Yeah, Con- why? I mean, didn't have a finish last week, so let's just try it again this week.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a, ma- a finish this time.
0: Conan comes out to what might be a new theme. This but- is a
1: new fucking theme. It <laughs> is. It's a new theme. God damn it. It's a new fucking theme. This game it isn't sound- fun anymore. It
0: sounded dubbed.
1: Maybe it is. But this game is not fun anymore now it's just making me gaslight myself into thinking that i don't know what music sounds like
0: no more no limit soldiers
1: yeah they're gone yeah. that's over
0: so i guess free plug we keep peeking at uh the chalk line apparel site because they sell some wwe like like attire like, we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to buy the hard foundation jackets but they're, they're sold out. out of stock and they're selling no limit soldiers jackets are they like really? WCW, and i'm like why
1: you haven't shown me that. That's funny. That's dumb. I would never waste my money on that. But why?
0: Conan seemingly speeds through his promo. Did you notice this too?
1: I mean, it's the same stuff every week. I think the whole audience has everything memorized. I don't really think he needs to do this promo anymore. It's just yeah. kind of like going through the motions.
0: He does call out punk mark busters like Vampiro.
1: Oh, I missed that bit.
0: And he calls Vampiro out and Vampiro is like already like halfway down the ramp. Yeah. We, with the mood lighting, because Vampiro gets in the ring and Conan slaps him, but you can't really see it. Yeah. And then Vampiro kicks him, and the the lights fade to black, and then the like the regular ring lighting comes, comes up. up. It's a yeah. weird moment. Very kick-heavy offense early on from Vampiro. Conan tries to adjust his falling pants mid-slam, but then has to wait till he's actually slammed to adjust them.
1: Trish Stratus is screaming somewhere. <laughs> yes.
0: She's not even in the business yet. I'm just like, no. what the fuck?
1: <laughs> she's still just a wee bab.
0: I mean, she'll be there soon.
1: When did she debut in WWE?
0: I, late 99, early 2000. Okay,
1: so she's very close. Yeah.
0: We get the back kick and face buster from Conan. Extremely weird spot where Conan clotheslines Vampiro to the outside and then Vampiro just gets back in the ring.
1: Yeah, just rolls right back in. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't get that.
0: We get a very sloppy float around bulldog, which I think is just how he does that move. And then a rolling clothesline as the crowd gets very distracted all of a sudden. And it's the insane clown posse.
1: Which I was very confused by at first. At first, I thought this was another like ECW tag team debuting in WCW.
0: That was the public enemy.
1: I did kind of think it was public enemy at first. And then I saw the clown makeup. I was like, oh, this is insane clown posse, which prompted me to ask, who the fuck is the insane clown posse, Nick?
0: I don't have an answer for you right now. We can we can uh, do a little more research. Are
1: they music?
0: Yes, but they also have a lot of wrestling ties. Because the Insane Clown Posse um, do magnets. Magnets. How do they work? <laughs> really? <laughs> what the fuck?
1: I remember that promo. That promo? Is that a promo? It's a song. I thought this was like a backstage promo. No. I thought they were like singing backstage. Whatever.
0: Yeah, I don't know enough about them. I, I think they are not quite as criminal as the Hells Angels, so I think we're a little safe, but I Oh, know, do they
1: have a criminal background?
0: I don't think so. I know I their fan giggling. base is very intense, but I'm not I don't, shocked by that. I don't know if there are any atrocities carried <laughs> out in their name, name. so it's I think uh, I think we're fine. And Emily, who else is with the Insane Clown Posse?
1: Okay, I wanted to give you shit for this. <laughs>
0: Well, no, I stand by what I said previously. I didn't say we were done with him. Nick has a
1: tendency. I said we
0: saw his last match.
1: Nick pronounces people dead before they're dead. Not dead yet. Exactly. No, I
0: I was very careful with how I told you. By the way, the person is Raven.
1: Yeah, Raven is just chilling on the apron watching it all happen. It looks great. I love Raven. Oh, yeah. He looks awesome. So suave. Awesome.
0: Eagle Ear listeners will remember that I said, we've seen Raven's last match. He will come back as part of a segment or two, but we're basically done with Raven.
1: Do Eagles have good ears?
0: I don't know. By the <laughs> way, I would argue the fact that Raven is here is irrelevant because Raven doesn't say a single fucking no, word. No, but he's
1: still here. Just because Goldberg didn't say a single fucking word in his return with the, that band, did he, he did. not return? He
0: did. He said, I'm back.
1: During the performance?
0: Well, yes. I think he said, I'm back, and then the lights came up. and but oh. He said, I'm back.
1: Nah. Hearsay.
0: Also, don't no you believe that. that he didn't, so.
1: Anyway. But you just, this is, like, the third time that you've been like, yeah, it's the last time we're going to see this person, and then they're back.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I just know for, like, okay, this person is no longer, like, a regular on our show. Like, we, know. yeah, we have a couple of those coming up, too.
1: But it made me happy. Because I haven't seen Raven in a while and he looks so pouty but yeah. so good.
0: It made me happy that I'm like, oh yeah, he we literally You're, won't. This is
1: probably one of your last. Like, fights.
0: he won't wrestle a single match, so clearly this is going nowhere. Interesting moment of Vampiro spanking Conan as one of the ICP holds Conan down. You oh, I missed
1: this? the spanking, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was weird. We get a really sandbagged scoop slam to Conan from Vampiro. Like, yeah, I'm not going up for this. Like, you have to muscle him up. Like, okay. <laughs> Followed by a diving leg drop from one of the clowns. <laughs> Ray tries to make the save, but eventually gets caught with the sit out powerbomb from Vampiro.
1: Ray is just a good friend. Can we talk about Ray Mysterio in this episode? It's
0: making the save twice.
1: He is the only man that will come to TV just to save two of his buddies. He's a good man. He stands up for what is right.
0: We get a moonsault to Ray, and then basically a hoovie driver from I don't have another name for it yet I I I haven't heard them call it anything and then very quickly to commercial
1: there's like six moves in wrestling and they're all just named different things so it's fine
0: yeah like you know he hits the upside down crab slaps
1: (laughs) I don't remember what move that was Anyway,
0: once again they do this match without giving a real finish
1: DQ! Interference finish y'all counting? because I did
0: so Emily what do we have next
1: Another Randy Savage recap. No we don't. It's the same nope. promo video. That's not next,
0: Emily. What's next? And well on Peacock that's next. Not on oh, the night it's not next. Oh,
1: you did tell me there was a cut segment. i never right. watched it.
0: Emily, take 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 a guess. Why was this segment cut?
1: I'm gonna guess inappropriate something. Sexual nature. Not
0: quite. Um, how about... Oh, I'm going to guess, like, terrorism? How about Buff Bagwell in blackface? Oh. Yep. Buff Bagwell comes out in... It's slight blackface, but it's still blackface, as Ernest the Cat Miller. (gasps) Oh, Including somebody with him wearing a, like, stereotypical Asian mask trying to be Sonny Ono.
1: Oh,
0: no. Buff's also wearing a suit that's about three sizes too big. I don't really get why.
1: I feel like that's, all, that's also a black community stereotype, I the oversized it. suits.
0: One of the Nitro Girls is with them, who Buff calls Sunny, oh yes. Oh,
1: is it Shay? I is don't, it the Asian one?
0: Yes, I think she was Asian. Her name so, is Shay. Okay. I don't know the Nitro Girls' names.
1: Oh, Buff, Buff was doing so well.
0: Here's the annoying thing. Buff comes out, does, you know. The blackface. Well, the blackface. But he does the Ernest Miller dance. And actually does, you know, a pretty good dance.
1: Does he do it better than Ernest?
0: He does. And he does a good Ernest Miller impression as well.
1: Okay, so this would have been fine if he didn't do fucking blackface.
0: Well, the issue is he just cuts a typical cat promo. So the crowd is like booing him because he's insulting them.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah,
0: It's like... Shut up. The crowd does not know what the fuck to make of this for a lot of reasons.
1: I mean... And then... I will never say that blackface was ever correct but in 1999, it was more. I, I would never. I don't think it was even socially acceptable. I, why the fuck did he do blackface? I don't know. <laughs> Who thinks Billy, it's a good this, idea? This even go, in 99. I, mean, I don't justify this,
0: Emily. This is, this is fucking stupid. This is blackface on one week of build. It's not even like it's a. <laughs> <laughs> How do you build blackface? I don't know. But the feud is like been going on for fucking one week. That's
1: true. They and don't you have went. A set.
0: You went straight to blackface. You had nothing else.
1: I just don't understand. I'm la- we're laughing because it's ridiculous. Yes, this is insanity.
0: Well, even weirder, Sonny Ono and the cat come out, rightfully pissed off. Of course, and the way they come out are almost like faces based on the fact that, like, he, you know, they blindside Buff, who's been making fun of them. So it, it kind of does feel like it's like a face spot.
1: But they're the heels. Yes.
0: Uh, buff manages to fight them off at first i'm like no please don't have him stand tall at this Oh my god! until cat swings the dance shoe at him by the way he, uh, buff was wearing like red dance shoes
1: okay if buff had just come down in the cheetah robe and the red shoes that would have been funny and and there then it would have been funny why the fuck i just don't understand I don't understand the justification because here's the thing about blackface. I'm sorry. I'm a white person. Here's why it's hilarious. I'm a white person. I need to shut up. This is not my place to speak. But the thing is, they are on a television show, a network television show where they have to go through producers and someone sat him down in a makeup chair and did this. This went through a dozen people minimum, not to mention, you know, TBS, Turner, WCW executives. Everyone was like, "Yep, this is fine." I just don't get how not one person was like, can, "Hey, let's not."
0: Can I make this somehow? I don't know. If do they not have any
1: black people on staff? Like that—that that might be a dumb question because they might not. I, but
0: I don't no know. No one. I guess it makes it a little bit worse. I—I don't, I don't know how to really what the word is, but they clearly got like d- good makeup to do it too because Buff is drenched through this whole fucking thing. He's sweating Uh, like like a a goddamn pig. Yeah, like they put effort into this.
1: So he had to sit in a chair. So what you're saying is he sat in a makeup chair for a long time. Yeah. Not one person walked by. Also
0: wearing like like, like a bald cap too.
1: Not one person walked by and said, hey, maybe a bad idea.
0: No. Nobody?
1: I just don't get it.
0: This segment ends with Sonny Ono counting a faux pin again with a cat pinning buff.
1: Okay, good. The cat won. Good.
0: Yes. The, the cat stands tall at the end of this.
1: God. Imagine being the cat in that situation.
0: Yeah. L- listen, re- wrestling has had a very, I um, don't say complicated, very interesting relationship with blackface. Because, like, honestly, as late as, like, mid-2010s, WWE was still like, oh, wasn't it hilarious when DX dressed up as the nation domination and did blackface?
1: Oh, God.
0: Yeah. They've since backed off on that.
1: What the fuck is wrong with people? I blackface is I... we should not get into a debate no, about let's, blackface. Let's not. We should we are two white people. This is not our conversation to have. Just know that we find this absolutely disgusting. What the fuck? Ugh, I'm done. Okay, move on. There's thank God that Peacock cut it because fuck that.
0: I'm not sure how much more blackface there is Jesus. in WCW because it wasn't like a oh isn't DX so funny like I imagine. A- If there is any, it was very much swept under the rug. Oh, for
1: sure. Yeah, keep an eye out on that. I'm glad that you look up, like, the cut segments. Yeah.
0: Oh, by the way, we did miss some DJ Ran.
1: Really? They're still keeping DJ Ran on payroll? Wow. Why?
0: We didn't get uh, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage recap clips from last week. I still
1: can't wrap my head around that. I'm sorry. I'm still reeling.
0: (laughs) I think at our second to last match of the night, it is the West Texas Rednecks, which in this instance are Kurt Hennig and Barry Windham, which I probably would have guessed, versus Chris Benoit and Perry Saturn.
1: As they came out, I was like, gee, I wonder who wins this match.
0: <laughs> I, I figured you would have predicted a DQ finish. Well. So the partners line up in weird corners. Did you note know this? No. They, they're in the wrong corners. They're
1: not in the corners with the rope.
0: I mean, there might be a rope, but it's...
1: Well, there is definitely a rope, because it is utilized later.
0: But it's the opposite ones that are always used. Benoit and Satter maintain the advantage until Benoit gets tripped up by the other West Texas rednecks, and they all just beat him down. Including, like, the ref gets distracted by Perry Satter. Like, no, come on, I need to help my guy. And the four of them just work over Benoit (laughs) for a little while. Like, Jesus.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, are we surprised.
0: And then we get a very sudden cut to commercial.
1: It did feel sudden.
0: It was just like, okay, we gotta move. Oh, got to commercial. Okay, bye.
1: So, um, Perry Saturn and Chris Benoit do this like leg lift move. Have I just been oblivious to this in the last few weeks, or is this new this week? Where the guy is like face down, and they each grab one leg and lift him up and slam him.
0: That's a, a somewhat typical tag team move.
1: I feel like I haven't seen it. I thought it was cool. It looks good.
0: We do get a nice suplex from Barry Windham. It's like, don't forget, like he can wrestle.
1: He needs to. T- Change his outfit. He looks like He-Man.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's on the the down end of his career. Yeah, no kidding. I mean he's a former WCB champion, I want to say. That's a bummer. (laughs) Hennig misses a back elbow in the corner and Benoit makes the hot tag to Saturn. Get a T-bone suplex to Barry Windham who gets clotheslined to the floor. And then Saturn locks in the rings of Saturn on Kurt Hennig, and then the other heels run in for a DQ.
1: The end.
0: Dean Malenko makes the save, but then the West Texas Rednecks beat down him too.
1: This is where um, a rope gets involved and they start choking out. I think it's Chris Benoit.
0: Oh, I assume that's the cowbell rope. Oh, maybe it is the cowbell rope. Bobby I just Duncan. assumed it was the, uh, you the tag rope. Yeah, you forget he has that every I week. I really
1: do because it's not a part of his character, really. He doesn't use it. Well, I mean... It just... can be part of his character. He just doesn't bring attention to it, so I forget yeah. that it's there. If he came out ringing the bell every week, I'd be like, oh, yeah, the bell.
0: So the Rednecks are beating down Benoit, Saturn, and Milenko, and then we get someone not making their debut on the podcast, but making their uh, debut to, the, I guess, our main timeline. Yeah. It's Shane Douglas.
1: I was kind of surprised to see him. Yeah.
0: I mean, I knew he came eventually, because I, I forget exactly what it was, but he like no-showed that uh, ECW pay-per-view that we most recently reviewed.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that.
0: So Douglas makes the save. And cuts the promo about, like, you know, like, we're going to, like, take over WCW. Gets all fired up. Like, there's a cancer, and you know who I'm talking about.
1: I don't know who he's talking about.
0: I think it's Ric Flair, who is now out of power, by the way.
1: Because yeah, he came but- in, he's, like, teaming up with these three, and he's like, we're taking over. We're, we're taking out the trash. I'm, like, who- he just assumes that we all know what he's talking about. And I, Was not following. And it's not followed up in the rest of the episode either. If
0: Shane Douglas is cutting an angry promo, there's a 75% chance he's talking about Ric Flair.
1: Oh, okay. Noted.
0: I I still have never really understood why. We've talked about this at the podcast before. I don't really get it, but the man just hates Ric Flair. I
1: get it.
0: So kind of an awkward ending there of just like, okay, you know, I guess we're a group now. Because they all leave together, so it definitely seems like... A full-fledged group because they've, you know, they've kind of been aligned previously, yeah. so.
1: But he says we're taking, we're taking WCW back. He just got here.
0: He had been there previously. This is not his WCW de- debut, this is WWE WCW Oh, return. right, he did
1: say that. No, no. Yet another DQ interference finish match. I, meh.
0: I am happy to see him paired with Benoit, Saturn, and Melango. Yeah. Because there's one thing those guys can't do. Cut promos. Yep. Yeah. And Shane, Douglas, Shane can. Douglas. can. Sometimes they're a little self-indulgent, but he can cut a promo. They don't call him the French fries for nothing. Oh, we're winding down here. Although I don't, I, I don't know. Down... I don't know how much you want to get to the main event.
1: I mean, you really don't.
0: Well, we get the Nitro girls first, and then what did you of the... notice?
1: Okay, this is the only segment that I noticed commentary on. Did you?
0: For the Nitro girls. For the Nitro girls. Is this the one we're talking about? How there's auditions coming up?
1: No, maybe, but I didn't catch that. They said, Dallas cheerleaders, eat your heart out. No challenge whatsoever. Like, really? (laughs) Really? Are we watching the same girls?
0: Of all the weird things we've seen tonight, I think what comes next is among the top three. Yeah. There was a hype video package hyping up Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash. Makes sense. That's your paper per made event. And then also Randy Savage. Like, why that trio of people?
1: Because they're all big names.
0: You have other big names too. Like just, it was so weird for it to be the three of them. Yeah, I
1: couldn't explain it to you. I actually fast forwarded through this promo because it just—it was all stuff that we'd already seen. So I was like, I don't need to watch four minutes of this.
0: All right, let's move on to our main event. Must we? Hollywood Hogan versus Sid Vicious. I think. You know what? I'll just title. tap
1: back in when, um, in like ten minutes when the match actually starts.
0: I think this match is for the title. I don't, I'm not entirely sure. It doesn't matter.
1: Nope. Spoiler. Doesn't matter.
0: Sid has no music, but does like, kind of seem insane when he comes out?
1: Sid is a little insane. Yeah. Sane, sh- Sid is unhinged. Like, he is the definition of unhinged.
0: A oh, word on the street is he's going to go to the Hall of Fame this year. Sid? Yep.
1: Really? Yep. Interesting.
0: He also comes out very wet. Did you notice this? <laughs> no. The man is drenched. We get the classic NWO theme where they refer to it as Voodoo Child on commentary here. This is where they actually oh, say yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And half of Hogan's pyro malfunctions.
1: Oh, I didn't notice the malfunction. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, screen left, his right, entirely. Dis- like, what is going off down? The uh, the rest of have already been going off at all. Oh, my God.
1: I love when pyro fucks up.
0: Let's go into our WrestleMania 8 main event, which feel like we almost need to watch i wonder how identical it is because the match starts but also doesn't
1: i don't want to watch wrestlemania 8's main event if it's identical
0: to this the first move of the match is a push from sid and then hogan pushes back we get a test of strength spot that almost happens but instead sid bails the commentary and yells at bobby Heenan. and for some reason peacock fades the commercial like three or four times during this
1: yeah this was a weird one
0: and then we get a chant that, I think both of us agree it was one thing, but we were really debating if the crowd is chanting Hogan or Boring.
1: Pretty sure they were chanting Hogan. Yeah.
0: It was a hot crowd all night, and it definitely, they sounded into the chant. Yeah. So we think it was a Hogan chant, although we were kind of chanting Boring. Yeah. We get a bunch of kicks to Hogan's knees.
1: My knees. My knees.
0: Hogan blocks having his head smashed into the turnbuckle and gains the advantage. We get an eight-punch spot in the corner as opposed to a ten-punch spot. And then Hogan bites Sid's forehead. I don't know why the man won't do the ten-punch spot.
1: Because he's got to get his bites in.
0: You can do it after the ten. Hogan tries to knock Sid down and collapses under the weight of Sid mid-slam. I'm like, Sid's not that heavy.
1: He's a big boy. Come on now. He's a big
0: boy. I'm saying, but like... You do that with Andre. You do that with the Big Show. You Since do that with pre- Yokozuna. I mean, he's he's a very tall man, but like you know, and he's built, but I, 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 he doesn't strike me as like, oh shit, like he's that heavy. I mean, you know, him and Kevin Natch mm-hmm. are kind of the same tier to me.
1: But like this match, really, I maybe I do honestly need to go back and watch seventies and eighties Hulk Hogan because this match, the audience was so fucking into. Was that it. killing you? Yes. Because I was sitting there like, I don't get it. I don't understand how Hulkamania was a thing. I don't understand how this man is so over. I don't get the revere of Hulk Hogan as a wrestler. Nothing he does to me makes him a good wrestler. Nothing. He has no good moves. He has charisma, I guess. But when your career is professional wrestler and you can't even, like, hit a move, then you're not a good wrestler.
0: After the Collapse Slam, we get a devastating chin lock from Sid.
1: Oh my God! Nick came up behind me and did a chin lock with the same ferociousness of Sid to Hogan. I didn't feel a fucking thing. The man was you. You were you were flexing. You were like doing the whole Sid thing. I felt nothing.
0: Sid wraps Hogan's leg around the ring post and like you know, kind of slams it and stretches it, and Hogan sells this like fucking death.
1: He did. He did sell it. So I'm saying like he does have charisma, but my will to live during this really just drained.
0: We get a cobra clutch from Sid, and Hogan hulks up for a moment, but then gets hit with with a big boot. Sid does the Hogan taunt, but then misses a leg drop. Hogan hulks up, and Sid just turns into a fucking cartoon with his cell, like, oh, no. Mm. Just walking, he's like, stunned, walking around the ring. Uh, Big boot doesn't knock Sid down, so we get the big slam from Hogan, and he starts doing the, you know, hand of the ear to the crowd. And Kevin Nash runs in and beats down Hogan until Sting makes the save. Of course he does. Rick Steiner comes down and works over Sting, and all of a sudden, Goldberg is here. And he comes down clean's house to a very dubbed theme. He's now coming out to a Megadeth song. It was whatever they played the other week. Um, I guess, I don't know how long that's going to be his theme. But... Maybe
1: he has like some sort of deal with them. Seeing Goldberg, though, I was relieved yeah. I have missed this man.
0: He, The issue is, I mean, you can see the crowd going nuts, but the crowd noise is dubbed. But he still has a star power. It's just like, it was weird seeing him with Hogan and yeah. being like, yeah, this is the guy. It's like, you two don't like each other.
1: Yeah, I did find it weird that he paired up with them.
0: Yeah. But memory of goldfish. Yeah. Also, Sting and Hogan don't like each other.
1: But the three of them are now basically a tag team. Because it's gonna be it's gonna be three v three. Like
0: honestly, in terms of NWO Hogan's biggest rivals, I would say it's probably. Or, I mean, maybe Piper you can throw in there, but I'd say it's Sting and it's Goldberg.
1: Yeah, that that last match really killed me, and like it, it didn't make sense why it killed me. I can't really justify why it killed me because it did not kill the audience. Did you hate it? Probably not. Like
0: I didn't like it. I mean, I. It was kinda exactly what I expected. Yeah. And, but I don't mean that in a good way. Like get you know the the I didn't do a bump count on this, but it's low.
1: Fair. Yeah.
0: It's it's, it's Well, especially
1: hu- because it's a twenty minute match and the first ten minutes are nothing.
0: It's not twenty minutes. I
1: know, I was exaggerating, but half that match they're just staring at each other. Almost locking up but never locking up. Yeah. Almost locking up. And then he leaves the ring. Almost gets counted out, but he doesn't. Stuff kept almost happening, and that's what was killing me at the beginning of this. I was desperate for this to just start, and then when it started, it wasn't anything exciting.
0: Thoughts on the Nitro as a whole?
1: I really enjoyed the Nitro as a whole. I had no issue with it.
0: Yeah, it's one of those, there's not not a ton notable on this. No,
1: this was a quality background noise Nitro.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it.
1: If you put this on, you will not miss anything.
0: Yeah, and you can peek in and go, like, oh, shit, it's, it's Eddie. Oh, it's and it's that guy. Eddie, yeah. Eddie and psychosis. Like, oh, okay, I, I can tune in for this, yeah. you know. Folding laundry.
1: Exactly. Doing dishes, whatever. Just putzing around, like, yeah, this is a background noise nitro.
0: Which.
1: It's not offensive, but it's not spectacular.
0: You know, background noise is uh, difficult to find a best bit in MVP, but let's do our best here. Emily, what is your best bit?
1: So I gave my best bit to the Eddie Psychosis
0: match. Oh, okay. I really enjoyed that match a lot. I gave mine to the Sting Flare match. That was my number two. Yeah.
1: So it was neck and neck for those. I give it, it was on like neck bone for those two.
0: I give it to the actual match, literally like bell to bell. Not the... No, I'm ignoring yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the post match there. Fair. Emily, who is your MVP?
1: <laughs> You'll laugh at me. I gave it to Rey Mysterio.
0: I, you know, I had a feeling you were gonna, based on... <laughs> he's just, you
1: know, the hero of the night. Everyone thinks that Hulk Hogan is, you know, defending his hero honor. No. Rey is standing up for what he believes in, and he's coming to save his buddies. Twice. He came to save the day twice.
0: I struggled with MVP, because... I mean, Sting and Flair were good, but that's, that's their autopilot there. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's not a notable effort. I notice I do this a bit, and I'm gonna give it to the person... Making their debut slash return really? kind of thing. I'll give it to Shane Douglas. Why? You just breathe a little life into the show for me. Okay. I'm excited to see him. You know, okay. Honestly, I mean,
1: honestly, whatever gets you through the episode.
0: If I didn't do Shane Douglas, I might give it to Norman Smiley just for he was fairly impressive in his match. I was happy to see him, and I feel usually when we see Norman Smiley, we're like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay,
1: yeah. So you were more willing. Get this episode not counting. You're more willing to give your MVP to Norman fucking Smiley than you've ever been to give it Buff Bagwell.
0: You know right, you're right. My MVP is Buff Bagwell. Absolutely not show.
1: not this episode, no sir, <laughs> no ma'am, nuh uh.
0: Hey, turn yourself into a pickle. Funny shit I've ever seen.
1: God. But he's been he's been good and you will not give him the MVP, but you'll give it to Norman Smiley.
0: I actually will note one final note about Buff Bagwell's segment. Mm. It was actually, it was humorous to note how similar him doing the cat, like, the cat's promo was to him just being an obnoxious heel back when he was a heel. I'm like, you're just doing the same thing.
1: Yeah. It's the same. You're just using so you're the- So you really didn't need the blackface. You're
0: just using the word whoop a little bit more Ugh. than you would if, you know, you were yourself. I can't
1: believe that segment happened. I'm um, good. Good on you, Peacock. I didn't need to see that shit. Anyway, leaving on a happy note. <laughs>
0: However, yes, Norman.
1: Norman Smiley is your MVP. Okay.
0: No, no, Shane Douglas my MVP.
1: Oh yes, followed by.
0: I mean, you gave yours to a guy who just made made the save twice and got his ass kicked. One. He's of a them. good
1: friend.
0: You're giving it to giving him MVP for kayfabe reasons.
1: He's a good friend.
0: So on those lackluster MVPs, <laughs> that's going to be it for this episode of the Busted Seats Podcast. Next up is the July twenty sixth, nineteen ninety nine Nitro Road Wild takes place on August fourteenth.
1: Oh, we got time.
0: So I think we have two or three more. Jesus, if
1: it's the fourteenth. I think we've got three more.
0: So yeah, I guess we got three more nitros before then. I guess I guess it's only a five week build, but it just feels further apart.
1: They do feel far apart.
0: So that'll be up in, you know, probably two weeks. We're doing pretty well with holding to that kind of schedule. Yeah. Until then, you can listen to all of our back catalog on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Oh, as well as uh, iHeartRadio. I forgot we added that.
1: Yeah. So basically anywhere other than SoundCloud that you listen to podcasts, we are there.
0: I am trying to do YouTube stuff, but our host site is being weird about it. So,
1: yeah, that's something we'll play with moving forward.
0: But you can also follow us on Twitter at Butts in the Pod, also Instagram at Butts the Pod, and find us on Facebook, The Butts and the Seats Podcast. Emily, any uh, final notes before we get out of here?
1: Not really. <laughs> I wish I had something fun to say, but.
0: I had a terrible thought that I think we need to leave us on. Oh, no. Do you remember the Hells Angels segment from months ago? I
1: remember the shit that I
0: got for it. Do you remember them coming out to the ring?
1: Yes.
0: Emily, the next pay-per-view is at a biker rally.
1: Oh, no. That's going to be the entire pay-per-view.
0: I don't know. But oh, I don't... No. I'm worried.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: Oh God. Well, we'll get to see how bad it truly is oh, in a God. few weeks of Road Wild, but... But until then, I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Butts and the Seats Podcast. Bye.